We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That gets you aboard on this Thursday evening. A lot to talk about here, including Super Bowl or bust for this Eagles team. Opportunities like this do not come around very often. I do want to get into in a little bit something I totally forgot about that could factor into the NFL postseason. In fact, I think there's a decent chance it will at some point factor into the NFL postseason. It could affect the Eagles, so we'll get to that coming up in a little bit. And uh, we have a congratulations to offer to one of our colleagues at WIP coming up before the show ends as well. But right now, let's catch up with a guest that we've loved having on the past, having a chance to do with this season. It's kind of a weird season for us on the evening show. Half our year was kind of taken away with the Phillies run. So we've, we haven't had as many Friday nights, especially late in the season, to talk. But we have a night tonight on a full show Let's bring on Steve Fezzik, pregame.com, before one of the best football weekends of the year, Super Wildcard Weekend. Steve, how you doing tonight? We just have to stop with the super stuff. It's the wildcard weekend. Come on now. You know what, I'm, Steve? I, I, I've been caught in between all week because I, I, I think like you, but then the NFL keeps pushing the super. I, I, you think they did it because it's just the extra games? That made it super now? I think it's just a super cool name. Yeah. Like the, 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 the Westgate has the super contest for the world championship of sports betting. So it's getting overused. Yeah, yes. super seems to make it big. All right, uh, Steve, let's dive into the games. Then I, then I want to get your thoughts on, on how you have the Eagles rated headed to the postseason. But we start with Saturday, the Niners hosting the Seahawks. The numbers pretty much been sitting around nine and a half all week. And matchup wise, I get it. But in the back of my mind, I'm saying, okay, it's a rookie quarterback making his first postseason start. Usually that doesn't work out uh, on that side of it how would you play this one uh, the Niners and the Seahawks so uh, it, the Niners are going to win so teasing the Niners down to two and a half and a seven point teaser makes a whole lot of sense now we need something to tease it with and uh, the Bengals certainly look like an excellent candidate another big favorite that might well go even higher um, in their game so a Cincinnati San Francisco. Now you need to get down to minus two and a half, so you have to play a seven-point teaser, not a six-point teaser. Steve, Saturday night, it looks like, and, and hopefully it is, one of the more entertaining games of the weekend. Two young quarterbacks people seem to love a lot. I like Herbert better than Lawrence, but they're both promising here. Chargers, two-and-a-half-point road favorite. I don't love the idea of a road favorite, you know, taking that side, but I do think the Chargers have more talent, and I like the matchup here. Agree, or are you on the Jacksonville side? I disagree. I don't understand this line at all. I've got the Chargers two points better than Jacksonville. I'm on an island. If you look at other people's power ratings, they have these teams almost equal. Now, the betters obviously disagree because on the road, the Chargers are laying two and a half. It's a terrible spot for the Chargers. Jacksonville got to play Saturday, so they've had a full week to prepare for this game. The Chargers from L.A., they go to Denver. That's okay. We're going to rest all our starters and get ready for this game. No, they play everybody. Go ahead and get Williams injured, get Bose injured, fly back to L.A. Now you got to fly out from Southern California to, to Florida. I, I don't know what dum-dum is betting the Chargers up from pick all the way to two and a half. But I tell you this, 
some other dum dum might bet it all the way to three. So I'm holding out right now for a three. If I don't get it, I'll tease Jacksonville upwards. All right, let's go to Sunday here. And Steve, um, you know, potentially this could have been interesting if Tua Tagovailoa had gotten healthy and he was out there. And we just saw this matchup, you know, three or four weeks ago in, in Buffalo, and the Bills kept it close. I mean, actually, they were leading in the fourth quarter, and then Josh Allen brought the Bills back. But that's not the case. And it's not even likely Teddy Bridgewater. We could be looking at Skylar Thompson. Uh, this would be the biggest spread in the history of the wild card weekend, whether it be super or not. 13 and a half with the Bills. It's an enormous number. How would you play it? Now, I'm going to get roundly criticized for this, but I don't care. I'm right. Um, I just played minus 744 on the money line on the Bills. So I, you can get, I know that that's kind of a rogue number, but you can get a minus 850. This would be the greatest, like one of the greatest upsets in the history of the NFL. That if, if Skylar Thompson, who's all banged up, the third string quarterback for Miami, both wide receivers are banged up. And, and we know that the story with Buffalo and them being a true contender, I think Miami wins this game if they played a hundred times maybe four times. That means minus 850 is a bargain. I don't know if they'll cover 13 and a half. They're going to win the game. Um, and a lot of people want to play them and pop them into um, parlays with other stuff. Why? Just go ahead and bet your 1000 to win $120 and make your $120 go to Red Lobster celebrate. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a celebration for sure uh, after making sure you don't blow that kind of bet because that's a big one to lay. All right, let's go to Sunday late afternoon. Um, and I've noticed, Steve, maybe you've, you've seen the same, maybe you've seen uh, something different. I've noticed a lot of people on the Giants this weekend, and I understand it. The Vikings are very easy to say, well, they're frauds, they're not very good, it's going to fade them. But, Steve, I look at the Giants. They also were outscored this season. I mean, they've won three games in the last two months, and a couple of those were against really bad teams. I don't think either of these teams are very good. Maybe we just have to take the three because they're kind of even teams, despite one team having 13 wins, the other team having nine. What do you think of this matchup? Obviously, the injuries are a factor with the, uh, the Vikings trying to get their offensive line back together before they, they play this game. You are spot on. So these teams just played four weeks ago in Minnesota. The game went to overtime. The Giants won the stats. The Vikings did have an eight-point lead late. You could argue that game was pretty much a toss-up, even up, based upon statistical win by the Giants, but the Vikings had the lead. All right, fine. Make the Giants a two, make the Vikings a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but a three is a bridge too far. You know this game's going to be tied midway through the fourth quarter. I will certainly bet the Giants at plus three. I didn't even get it. Reduce Vig at a few places, but plus three is fine on the Giants. All right, you mentioned the Bengals earlier with the, the pairing, the tees with the, the 49ers. How about the game itself? Um, I, I, I'm a little hesitant on this one, Steve, just because that Ravens defense has been so good. So they got Roquan Smith. I, I, they don't score. I mean, I, I, I realize that. And I don't think they have much chance at all to win without Lamar. But I, I do wonder if the Bengals can win this game by double digits. They just played last week, and they barely won by double digits. Now they have to try to do it again. By itself, without a tease, would you be willing to lay that many points with the Bengals? Uh, I do think they'll win. I'm just not sure about the number. No, um, because you nailed it. These teams just played in Baltimore, actually won the statistical battle of the game despite losing by 11. So now I know this is boring, Joe. I'm supposed to be able to come in and tell you, oh, there's six games that are misaligned and you can take advantage and here's who I like, A, B, C, D, and that's what all the content providers do. But it's all fraudulent, in my opinion. These guys don't actually bet for a living. The people who actually bet never lay nine. They never, never lay nine out. They always will tease it because mathematically the book shouldn't let you tease it at um, favorable teaser odds. And the best evidence I can give is that if you play bets like that enough, you get kicked out of those books and they don't let you tease anymore. Uh, no one has kicked me out for laying nine and a half um, <laughs> over my entire history of sports betting.
All right, let's go to Monday night, and it's one, Steve. We're going to be locked in here in Philadelphia, um, especially if chalk holds. We'll be locked in anyway. The Cowboys at the Buccaneers. Cowboys a two-and-a-half uh, point favorite here uh, in Tampa Bay. I mean, Dallas obviously was a really good team this year, but they faded down the stretch. Tampa Bay, not a very good team at all, but they win because they got to be in the NFC South. How do you see this game going? And I know this is probably not going to be back as a guest. I'm so boring. because I bet Tampa Bay plus three. I thought Tampa Bay was a great bet plus three. All right. Now the line's two and a half. Well, the problem is, is that when I bet Tampa Bay plus three, I expected if I played that bet a hundred times, Joe, I'd win 50. I'd lose 40 and I'd push 10 times. That's 55 and a half percent. That's pretty darn good. That's as good as it gets for a sports better. Well, now I lose if it lands three. If I take Tampa Bay plus two and a half, and that means I go 50 and 50, and that's simply not good enough. So, but I do think there's a chance this line might come back to three. So let's monitor it. The second you see the Bucks plus three, I do think Dallas is playing poorly. The defense is regressing. TB, obviously the clutch factor. At three, Tampa Bay's a go. Steve, give us your thoughts on the Eagles as we head to the playoffs. Um, and I'm curious just overall, because I think the Eagles fit this bill, what, does, does momentum matter to you heading into the playoffs? And I don't just mean like a, a term we use, but like how a team plays, win-loss, statistically last month or so, because there's some trepidation here. The Eagles have already played their best football. They're fading. I counter by saying I'm not even sure if momentum is a thing. You know, they could turn it back on. 2017 Eagles looked bad, and then they turned it back on. Where do you come down on that, and how do you rate the Eagles as they head in off their bye next week? Momentum is okay if you're trying to win the Super Bowl. I'd rather have it than not have it. If I'm betting on the team, momentum is usually bad because the point spread tax hits and you start paying bigger, bigger prices on the point spread. So the fact that the Eagles, you know, haven't played their best football the last few weeks means we'll probably get better prices on Philly. I'm going to ask you, it's all dependent upon is Hurts 100%. If if he's 100%, they're heading to the Super Bowl because they've got home field advantage, and it's going to be a great game. You tell me. Well, I'd say right now he's not, Steve, but I, it, it's interesting because I think they're trying to get him back there. It was so weird watching the game on Sunday because it was unlike anything we've ever seen with him here. He, he refused to take a hit. Um, they didn't run him once. Anytime pressure came near him, he looked like one of those old quarterbacks who just drops and doesn't want to get sacked. But I'm not sure if that was just the doctors and the coaches saying, let's protect that shoulder and then we'll get you back to normal two weeks from now, or he can't take a hit. And in that case, Steve, they're screwed. So I, I don't think we have the answer until we see the first drive uh, next Saturday or Sunday, which, which kind of puts this whole thing on ice. I think you nailed it. So the uh, live wagering has become a bigger and bigger thing. And with uncertainties regarding health and quarterbacks and the like, you know what? It really would be nice just to see a series for both teams in games like that before making a decision about wagering on the games. Great stuff. Steve, always appreciate hopping on. Enjoy uh, what should be a, a fun week. And maybe not super, but it'll be a good weekend. Thank you, Steve. Unless Buffalo loses outright, and then I'll have my hat out to everyone. Thank yeah, you, Joe. You will. Steve Fezzik, pregame.com, giving us his plays for Wild Curry. And what do you think of um, of the addition of super on the word? Or the term? It feels like a wrestling thing. Yes. It feels kind of hokey and dumb. Like, I get maybe the first year you do it because you do have the extra game, but now it's just Wild Card Weekend, right? Like, this is the norm now. It shouldn't be a novelty, right? The extra game or extra team on each side shouldn't be the novelty. This is now just Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, it'd be like if, you know, like WWE was like, next week WrestleMania is going to be a week and it'll be Super WrestleMania. (laughs) 
that's what it reminds me of every time I hear Super Wild Card Weekend. Yeah. So I would, my guess is the average fan does not, has not jumped on this. Like if you're just talking to your, your friend, like, there's no way your friend's like, what are you doing for Super Wild Card Weekend? No, it's just Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, just, like the NFL is the only one that's pushing this. That, well, they are. They keep putting on all their stuff. All right. So speaking of Wild Card Weekend or Super or whatever, uh, I forgot about something. I, I actually completely forgot about it. And this, this morning, Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk posted about it. And that site p- pumps out so much content that, like, most stuff, I, I just I just look at the headline and move on because, like, who has time to read 200 articles a day? I mean, good on them. They, they do a lot of stuff. But I would say once or twice a day, uh, and certainly um, for Florio himself, once or twice a week, he writes something that certainly catches my attention and I, I didn't know about. Like, a few weeks ago, he wrote about how technically when the season ends, regular season, like – the Bengals with Burrow, the Chargers with Herbert, the Eagles with Hurts. Like, they couldn't start negotiating the contract right now. I didn't know that. So that was interesting to me. But here's what he wrote this morning uh, about the playoffs that I totally forgot about. The overtime rule has changed. Like, if I didn't read that article this morning, and let's just say, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but Niners and Seahawks went to overtime. I've Unless they told me on the broadcast, I would have, or I was paying attention, listening, I would have completely forgotten they changed the rule off of Bills Chiefs last year. So now a touchdown on the opening drive does not win a playoff game. I forgot. Yeah, I completely forgot about that too. So the way it's structured now is opening, you know, overtime, whoever gets the ball first, they go down and score a touchdown. They'll have the opportunity to kick the extra point or go for two. And then whatever happens, right, whatever the result is, the other team gets the ball and they get a chance to match or exceed. So how about this, like, idea of overtime let's say you score first you kick the extra point to go up seven the other team gets the ball back they could go for two on their touchdown and beat you I like that a lot so here's my question would you not want the ball to start overtime you cannot lose on the touchdown yeah I mean you would know what you needed exactly and it'd be like being the home team in baseball it's exactly right um but at the same time you could give up a touchdown in the opening drive and then have to match. Like you, you don't want to do that, right? You, you, also, there's, but the, uh, my guess, my my feeling is though I agree with Tucker. I I would now rather not have the ball to start overtime. Um, the I'm trying to think of of counters to it though. In the back and forth, you wouldn't get the ball third though, because once after the after two touchdowns, right, is there more value in having one and three as opposed to two just and four. two or just two? Right, yeah. Just a second possession of overtime. Uh, because after the two touchdowns, let, let's say you play it out both ways, right? Touchdown, touchdown, extra point, extra point. Then it goes back to sudden death. So then it's just like the way overtime, you know, it, it's just sudden death at that point. So the third possession, field goal, you could lose the game at that point. So I think it's interesting. I wonder, I wonder how many playoff games on average each year go to overtime. Is it less than one? It feels like it happens more often now than it used to. Well, that's true. And we're coming off a year. I, I saw this stat yesterday. This was the lowest uh, average margin of victory in the history of the NFL. So just by accident, more games are closer than they ever have been, which I think would probably lend us to having more of a chance of overtime uh, at some point in the postseason. Here's a prediction. We're getting an overtime game this weekend. And half the people watching aren't going to know this rule. I mean, unless they're listening to the evening show. Right now, then they'll know. Which you should be. Right, then you're informed and you, you, you know what you need to know. I think we're going to get an overtime game this weekend. Obviously. Which of, game is it? Well, 
I mean, there's probably three to choose from, right? I, I think three don't feel like they're going to be particularly close. What feels like the I mean, I mean, Giants Vikings went to overtime the last time they played. It did. Chargers Jaguars, or is it the Cowboys and Bucks Monday? I think Cowboys Bucks on Monday would be cool. That yeah, of course it would. Tom Brady in overtime, Dak Prescott in overtime. Plus, I mean, from the Eagles' perspective, if their opponent is in that game, not only are they on a short week, but they have to play overtime and then come back here on a short week. That would be extra advantage for the Eagles. So just keep an eye on that as we watch through the postseason because I think that is that is certainly you know kind of going to throw a little monkey wrench in it. And I, I do – I mean, I have to think as these coaches go through their meetings this week and they meet with the analytics teams and whatnot and you know they kind of form the, the big-picture game plan, I'm sure that's coming up in all these teams' meetings. Like, hey, overtime's changed. What do we want to do? Do we want the football? And, I mean, it was such a – I almost think you have to, like, disengage from what you always think. You always want the ball first in overtime. No matter no – matter, until this structure change, have you ever not wanted the ball first? No. I mean, in college, you always wanted the ball second, right, for the exact reasons we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and maybe you still do because we went through the one, the first and third possession of overtime compared to just the second. But that ability to match is, is certainly unique there. And they'll play 15-minute periods which is different than the 10. Why do they need periods at all? So Just play without a clock. I think, I, I was trying to remember as I read through it today, I think after the 15-minute period, they may re-kick off. They may start the whole endeavor again. So the clock matters, right? Because if, if you have a possession and there's 30 seconds to go, you, you can't just be like, it's not like the end of the first quarter. Right. It's the, it's, we're doing this again. It's like another halftime. It's in the, yeah, exactly. It's, it may... Actually, it may have been – I'll pull up there. I think it may have been they play the first two like the first and second quarter, but after, if they have a second one and they finish there still tied, then they re-kick off. If you play 30 minutes of overtime and no one has scored yet, there should be no winners. Well, Everyone also, should lose, and whoever they're supposed <laughs> to play just automatically advances. Also, if any team has to play two 15-minute overtimes, there's no way they're winning their next game a week later. Like, there's just no way. A 90-minute football game? Yeah, I mean, I just... Yeah, if the Cowboys and Bucks have to go through that, just make the Eagles a 15-point favorite the next week. They're not coming here and winning that football game. No way, no how. But that that is that is the change uh, in the overtime rules from last year to this year. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show here. Um, so, you know, asking Steve Fezzik there about the Eagles and how he handicaps them... It's funny. What are we talking about? Well, this is all kind of, you know, it's all on Jalen Hurts' shoulder. Is he okay? Will he be himself? If he is, the Eagles have a very clear and obvious path to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's as clear and obvious as any, as, as any path of any team. But if Jalen Hurts is not himself, this whole thing goes into a, a tizzy. In fact, Steve didn't even have a, a true feeling on how they'd play next weekend because he doesn't know about Hurts. I mean, I think we all feel the same way. We, I hope – we're crossing our fingers that Jalen Hurts will be fine. I, I just go back to today was odd. Doesn't mean it has to be bad. Howard was saying we shouldn't sound the alarms. It was odd that he couldn't throw the that he wouldn't throw the football today. That they weren't having him throw the football, even just lightly throwing it around. It it was it was odd. And he's very difficult to read. He gives you know, he's just not someone who's gonna stand up there and tell everyone how he is feeling truly. I mean, he kind of laughed and kind of smirked through some of it, but I mean, he admitted he's got something going on here that that is going to take some time and hopefully, hopefully um, we'll heal for him and be close 
close to 100 percent or whatever the number is uh, by the time they get out there next Saturday or Sunday. And I do think it'll be Sunday. The more we talk through it, I'm, I'm trying to think of next week's schedule. Doesn't it feel like Bills-Bengals will be the, sa- the Sunday night game? Whatever they deem to be the most important TV TV matchup. Yeah, that, so that feels like that's how the divisional round's going to end. Wasn't that the wasn't Chiefs-Bills that spot last year? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, so the, the bet, I mean, that's that feels like Bengals-Bills this year. Um, by the way, we tried to guess the wild card round last week, and we were over oh, six. Over six. So maybe we... Um, and we've lost our feel on this. Okay, let's just try to do this. We, I mean, we could do it officially tomorrow night. But when do we think the Eagles might play next weekend? My guess is they're going to play the 425 Sunday leading into Bills-Bengals. I think that would make sense. Although I think selfishly, wouldn't you rather them? And obviously if they play Cowboys-Buccaneers, they wouldn't be able to. But wouldn't you rather them play on Saturday? You get a team coming off a short week in addition to you coming off a bye. And then extra day the next time. And you get an extra day going into the conference title game. Yeah, um, well, that's that's certainly, yeah. I mean, that's more advantageous moving forward. Well, it's, it, you think about it, whatever Jalen Hurts is feeling now, we're, we're hoping like, oh, he's got two weeks. The next time he's not going to have two weeks, right? If they win this game, he's got to come back the next week and win a title game. Right, he's got to come back eight days later. Yeah. And then he'll have two weeks until the Super Bowl. Right. But The title game might be the trickiest for the shoulder. Uh, one week in between. So maybe bench him there and start Minshew? There we go. I mean, that's, that's the way to do it. Okay, so, so but we think it's Sunday 425. And then Saturday would be like a Kirk Cousins-Brock Purdy game? Yeah, what's the schedule for Saturday? Is that like four and then eight? I think so. Saturday at four, Purdy-Cousins. Yeah, because it would have to be one or the other, right? So, Right, and then the, the night game Saturday could be Herbert and Mahomes. But would they give the AFC both of the primetime games? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, mean, all of, I mean, a lot of this depends on who the Eagles are going to face, right? The Bucks and Cowboys is a different stratosphere of television priority compared to— But if it's Eagles-Cowboys next week, I could see that being the Sunday night game and them putting— So could I. Bills, Bengals on Saturday night. They could. Um, and if it's the Eagles and the Seahawks, it could be 425 on Saturday. I mean, it could be the first game of the weekend. It really is dependent more on their it, – it, their matchup dependent more than, like, they're going to put the Eagles at a certain time. It's all about who they're going to play. Yeah, I just don't think they carry a big enough national audience. No, 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 they don't. 215-592-9494. That is how you hop in. We'll come back. Your phone calls. What did Jason Kelsey have to say today about Jalen Hurts? Is he worried at all? And – we got to play a moment, an Eagles moment, a, a historic moment in Eagles history 19 years ago today. We'll hit you with that next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Selling a little or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. We're going to react here in a few minutes to a, a pretty bad loss tonight by the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll get to that. First, though, let's, let's hear from Jason Kelsey. Kelsey asked today if he's concerned about Jalen Hurts, who um, was not throwing today at practice. Here's what Kelsey had to say. He's not a guy that's going to wear that on his sleeve. He's a guy that's a competitor. When he's out there, we fully feel like you know he's he, you know, he's always got this aura about him like you know he can do whatever he wants and uh, you know he's the man so it was not evident on game day that he was hurting um so i think he'll be fine he's got another couple weeks here uh to, to get healthy before this next game um and uh you know, yeah he'll be good i do agree with kelsey on that port but like it was evident he didn't want to get hurt further it was evident he didn't want to get hit. But you know what I never thought during the game? He's hurting right now. I actually was surprised after the game when Sirianni talked about how much he was hurting. I mean, I, I didn't think that watching him. He, I mean, it also, I think it, it, helped, it throws perception off as he shows nothing. Right? Like he could, I think he could be in bad pain. Like, remember when he hurt his ankle against the Giants two years ago? He played, ba- he played poorly. But I, I didn't know he was hurt. He, he doesn't show pain during the game. So... Maybe I guess his teammates don't even know when he's hurt. Yeah, I, I assume he doesn't walk around, limp around like in the huddle. I can't imagine he pulls Quez Watkins to the side and says, "Man, my ankle's really hurting." <laughs> but like sometimes people show it with their face, right? Like people could sometimes people wear their emotions on their face. He, I mean, he doesn't have any, so I, I, he doesn't do that either. But Kelsey didn't know. I didn't know. You didn't know. None of us knew he was hurting until Sirianni told us after the game. So Kelsey obviously not worried about all this. I am. I mean, I, 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 I'd be lying if I said I'm not worried about this shoulder over the next week or so. All right. Um, we played earlier for you. It's actually we got the dates a little mixed up. We figured it out. Tomorrow is the five-year anniversary of the Eagles knocking off the Falcons, NFC Divisional Round, Nick Foles. Julio Jones doesn't make the catch. Eagles move on to the title game. But I believe this date is correct. Is it not? Did, w- did we screw this up totally? It's all tomorrow? I think this was yesterday. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, so here's the impetus for this. I saw this this morning. I was yeah, like, this oh. was January 11th. Who do we blame on this? Is this Andrew Porter? I mean, who are we blaming on this? It might be. Okay. So full disclosure, 
This morning I woke up or whatever. I was awake, but whatever time it was. I, saw, I think I saw it this morning. I saw that we posted a couple things or a couple highlights or at least, yeah, I think we saw, I, I saw both on our page, but at least the, the Falcons one. Um, I saw a highlight that today was the five-year anniversary of the, the game against the Falcons. So I told Tucker, let's play it tonight. And then we played it. And we realized actually the date was tomorrow. So it looks like they posted a few hours later, check that it's five years to go tomorrow. On the on the Falcon game. On the Falcons one. So they okay. got that one. Now, now, another highlight was floating out there. You know what? Let's make this easy. The, on this date this week, 19 years ago, whether it was yesterday or tomorrow or whatever, it was around this time, 19 years ago, Lincoln Financial Field, the Eagles and the Packers, and it was 4th of 26, and it led to one of really the, the most amazing conversions in NFL history. Here it was. Here it is. It's 4th and 26. McNabb is back. He's looking. He is firing, and it is caught by Freddie Mitchell. Short of a first. I don't know that he get it. Does he have a first down? He does. He does have a first down. He's across midfield, and he's into Packer territory at the 46. So, a couple things about that play. Uh, I watched the TV TV cut today, and I'm amazed still to this day at how open he was. It's fourth and 26. What in the world are you doing that a receiver could get to the first down marker with no one near him? I mean, it was remarkably bad coverage. I mean, Donovan and Freddie took care, took advantage of it. The other thing is, and it worked out for the Eagles, and I do believe it was a first down. Do you remember how bad that spot it's was? It's an all-time bad spot. <laughs> like, an all-time bad spot. They gave him at least three yards. Like, he caught the ball. He was hit. He, I think he got the first down. I believe it was a first down. I, I, I believe be- he got it too. But like, if you listen to Merrill, let me see if I can find the video real quick. He he makes it seem like it's close. He thinks he's short. They give him an extra three yards. Like you watch the referee running further than he was. Like the referee's running from the sideline, like the, the line judge, right? And then Freddie Mitchell falls, and the line judge is a yard past where he fell, and he just yeah. Stays Freddie Mitchell there. catches it right at the sticks, which were the forty-eight. The referee comes over at the 40. Like, they give him <laughs> two full yards based on absolutely nothing. It's a remarkable – I don't know what is actually worse in the play. The coverage by the Packers, which is just ridiculously stupid, or the spot itself. Either way, I mean, obviously one of the most famous plays in Eagles history and and um, and certainly in in the history of, of – I mean, how about fourth down conversions? I, I mean, I can't think of many plays like that in the history of the NFL playoffs since I've been watching. Fourth and 26. I mean, you got to try to give that up. Yeah, I, I can't think of any fourth. I mean, there have been big plays, but not on fourth and 20-plus. I'll tell you who wouldn't have given that up. Jonathan Gannon. You don't think? No, I mean, it would have been. Yeah, you know, who would have given it up, actually, it was Jim Schwartz. Well, that's that, that Jim Schwartz would have. I mean, Gannon would have put everyone at the line, right? He would have given up the completion underneath. I mean, yeah, then what happened last week or two weeks ago, whenever that was? The Dallas game? I was, yeah. That was, first of all, it was third and 30, not fourth and 26. There was a difference. Uh, second, I blame Josiah Scott for that one. Or, and Darius Slay, who likes to blame everybody else but himself when he doesn't play well. By the way, Darius better play well next week. I, I, haven't, I haven't loved what I've seen at Darius Slay in a while here. Yeah, he hasn't hasn't really done a whole lot since I don't know the Giants game, Packers game. No, too much, too much podcasting for the volume uh, sports network. How about we play better football? All right, before we get to the Sixers here, I uh, I saw some news today 
WIP news. There's been obviously a lot of WIP news the last couple months as the station, uh, you know, kind of moves towards an, a new era here. But I was excited to see this. Al Morgani sticking around five years. Now, I I, I didn't know what uh, Al's future was going to be. I, I spoke to him when I was in with the morning show and, and on with him, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago. I forget when that was. And I asked him, and uh, it's tough to read Al. It's tough to get uh, him to feel like he's like really excited about anything. It's just the way he is. But he didn't say no. He didn't say yeah. He kind of said he didn't know. Um, I always thought it'd be cool if Al had a hockey podcast. We don't have I mean, we have um, Bill Matt's obviously part of our station, and uh, he's of the younger people here. He's the one that is our go-to hockey guy. But I always thought, like, Al should be doing something more on the Flyers. And I always thought this for years. I mean, the morning show, I mean, we just – we don't only talk so much flyers here, but like that institutional knowledge and like his takes on the flyers that people want to hear that. So I, I, I thought that was part of it was cool. And how about the El Morgani show that is coming to uh, weekends here on WIP uh, sometime in the near future? I'm excited. I mean, that's exciting stuff. I love listening to WIP on the weekends and I'm out running errands. Excited to hear Al Morgani added to that lineup. Yes. Uh, so, I, I mean, we don't have any details on, on uh, at when he'll be on or what, what shift he'll do. But at some point we'll have – now, um, what would you think? Would you, If you were in charge, would it be the Al show or would Al be paired with somebody? I don't know. I mean – We have the warm-up show from 5 to 6. So we, I mean, Al does plenty of solo. Well, it's called the something show. Yeah, you're right about that. It's something show. Um, not the war. I don't know why I call it the world show, the something show, uh, from five to six. So I mean, he, he does that every day. Right. And he's been in this business for 35 plus years. I think he'd figure it out. If he oh, he'd was be great at it. Yeah. Or they could pair him with someone. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it. I'm excited to see it because he's been Angelo Cataldi's sidekick here for 30 plus years. Yeah. But I'm excited. I'm glad Al's still part of our, our station. It, it's awesome. Awesome news. So Al Morgani is going to be with us. Flyers podcast and, um, uh, something and a show he'll be doing on weekends here at WIP. So that, that is awesome news. Here's what's not as we transition what happened this evening over at the Wells Fargo center, the Sixers 10 point favorites tonight. I know somebody here had the Sixers, uh, winning that game in a parlay, I believe, uh, I know I heard Jack and Ike on the way out talking about how they were playing the Sixers props tonight. I'm, I'm going to guess um, if they attached it to a victory, it did not work out well. 133-114, Sixers lose tonight to the Oklahoma City Thunder. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. After watching that Sixers game, if you're on your way out of the out of the arena, that's a bad loss. And Listen, I'm not trying to say I called this. Tucker and I had a discussion before the show tonight, and I didn't, I didn't actually believe it was going to happen tonight. But we were just discussing the game. Tucker was putting together, I believe, the same game parlay. And I said, it just feels like they're due for a bad night. They've been so re- – especially at home. They have been remarkably consistent. They, I mean, they haven't had any losses to teams that are bad in a – I mean, they lost to the Rockets, Harden's first game back on the road. They lost to the Bulls a couple weeks ago, but that was Embiid was out on the road. They really haven't laid a stinker at home. Was November the last time? When was the last time they, they played a game here? It's like, oh, I think it's two months. Yeah, it's been a while. So I just thought, and it really had nothing to do with the Thunder. It wasn't like, oh, I don't think they guard Josh Giddy. I, I, it was just like, I just thought they were due for a, a bad night. And I said that, and then here they go out there and lose 133-114 to the Oklahoma City Thunder. It just, I mean, they couldn't stop them. The Thunder scored 
133. They had 51% shooting tonight. They shot 43.8% from three, made 14 threes. Sixers shooting was not great, but also wasn't like horrendous. I mean, they shot 43% from the field, 30 for three, 30 from three. I mean, that's not the kind of night you should lose by 19. Uh, they just couldn't stop them. I mean, their defense I just got shredded. Yeah, Shea Gilgis-Alexander pretty much shredded the combination of uh, DeAndre Melton and mm. Matisse Thibel when he got in to try and cover him. He had 37 on 10 of 16 shooting, went a perfect 16 for 16 from the foul line. And you look at the Sixers, it's just their defense. They They looked bored. They looked listless out there. I mean... Offensively, they did what they were supposed to do. Embiid had 30 points, 10 rebounds. Harden had 24 points, 15 assists. Though he also had seven turnovers, which didn't help with the defensive side of the ball, considering how horrible the Sixers are at transition defense. But it was an effort loss. Like Doc Rivers talks about schedule losses. This felt like an effort loss. They got back in the game in the third quarter. They went on like a 13-0 run to open it back up and then fell back behind seven almost immediately. They came close again in the fourth quarter, cut it to, I think, six with about four minutes to go, and then once again they ended up losing by by nineteen. They just didn't have it. It, it just it looked like a team that wasn't interested in playing basketball tonight. Yeah, well that's a shame because tonight was a night. Um, you know, before I think what's going to be a challenging West Coast trip starts. They go to Utah starting on Saturday. It's a five game West Coast swing. Two games in L.A. Lakers and Clippers. I I, mean, I just think it's a tricky road trip to go on. Five straight on the road uh, for the Sixers here. And the, tonight tonight was supposed to kind of be the culmination of of really good basketball for a, a long period of time by them. And they just laid an egg tonight. I mean, they absolutely laid an egg against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Sixers now are 25-16. and 16. I mean, it's hard to sit here and say, like, it's the kind of loss, like, uh, you know, this is going to kill them. But it's just, it's just not a good loss. So, you know what's amazing about the Sixers? They're remarkable, regular season. They're always the same. So tonight, I believe tonight reaches us to the halfway point of the season. Am I right about that? They're 25-16. and 16. That equals 41. That'd be half 82. So they're on pace for 50 wins. This team's been a 50-win team for four years? Five? Five. It's a 50-win team. Right? They've yeah. changed the team. They've. They, I mean, really, it, it almost doesn't matter what combination they put out there. They've had uh, kind of a bunch of no-names and role guys around Ben and Joel back in the day. Then they, they traded for stars like Jimmy. And then we flipped the thing around to, to Maxi, And then now we got James Harden in here. It's a 50-win team. It's always a 50-win team. I mean, I... Are they going to have peaks and valleys in the next half of the season? I'm sure they are. Are they going to have moments where you're like, nope, they're a 55-win team? I bet you will. Are you going to have moments where you're like, uh, no, nah, they're going to go under 50? You probably will. And guess where they're going to end up? 50 or 51. I believe that's when they've been at. Between 50 and – what's the high been? 52, 51? Some, it, it might have been that first year. Maybe. I, I don't think they've had more than 52. I, I, I don't think there's been a 53 in there. If I had to guess, the high mark's been 52 the last four or five years. Uh, 52, 52 in 2017, 2018, their first year together. Now they went 43 and 29 or 49 and 23 in the um, bubble year, the, the year that it was kind of shortened due to COVID mm-hmm. bubble year. No, the, the following year when they only played oh, 72 oh, games oh. and not 82. So yeah, that's right. They started late the next season, the following non-bubble kind of, that bubble. was technically like they were winning percentage was 681. So that's that better. Season. That was the year they had the number one seed. Yeah. Right. But still they, they, um, that was your Trey Young beat him. Lost the second round. Yeah, but Trey Young didn't really play that well in that series. No, it was uh, the Red Velvet. Kevin Herter crushed him in game one. That I was, was at the Phillies game that day. That, I, I missed game one. Oh, that was wrong. That, that whole series was just... Brad Miller hit a home run that day. Your guy. 
And then the uh, backstop collapsed, and I went home. I remember that. Because I had been there. It was already like a four-hour game, and the backstop collapsed in the middle of the eighth inning, so I just walked home. I, I was the, done. Yeah, those are the things you just you do not forget. Um, uh, so Sixers now, again, 25-16 and 16 on the season. And offensively, as I look at some of the numbers here, I, I just – every time I look at the P.J. Tucker box score, I just laugh. 21 minutes tonight. Zero. Uh, actually, I looked up tonight during the show and I watched his three-point attempt that rimmed out. So I, I saw his only shot attempt of the night. So Tucker did not score. Uh, that Tobias Harris, I, he's fine because he he went down for a moment. He went down the knee injury, and people seemed really concerned. And then he was back in the game five minutes later. So okay. I don't think it's that serious. Uh, another pretty big night for James Harden. Twenty-four, fifteen, six for Harden tonight on uh, on. Six of 13 shooting. A lot of minutes again tonight, though. I continue to talk about this. I mean, James Harden has racked up a ridiculous amount of minutes uh, this season. I I don't know if he yet qualifies for leaderboards because he um, he missed some time. But I last check, he still led the NBA per game in uh, in minutes. It's a lot for guys who had some leg troubles this year. What, what to watch for is sponsored by Xfinity Mobile. Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge, a different kind of mobile network designed to save you money. So I'm curious to see, uh, you know, what Doc's reaction will be to this whole thing. I mean, it, I, I can't sit here and freak out because they've played good basketball for a while. But tonight, I, I don't know how else you slice it, besides that's a bad loss. I, I know the Thunder, didn't they do this to the clip, uh, the Celtics last week? I and mean, the Thunder have this weird kind of like you sleep on them, they punch you in the mouth type of thing. They're, they're that kind of team. I, I wouldn't want to go in playing 80% effort. They'll beat you. Yeah, you look at their last. They they beat the Clip or Celtics, one fifty to one seventeen. They put up one fifty on the Celtics a few nights after the Sixers beat them by twenty, and then they went out and they lost to the Magic by double digits the next night. Yeah, they they seem like that. They're kind of like that high variance. They beat the the Mavericks and Luka Doncic, and then they lost to the Heat. Yeah, they're, and they're a young team with some talent. They, they got some variance to them. On a good night, they could beat you. On a bad night, you might blow them out. Uh, but for the Sixers, it was a bad night tonight, and it's, it just really was the defense. Which I, I just wonder defensively if they're good enough, the Sixers, with the group they throw. They have an awkward starting five defensively. I mean, Embiid obviously is is, is he, it, he smooths over a lot of cracks. He does, and Tucker in the right matchups helps. Right, he's he's more. The of issue a, is I think his best matchup is also on this team and James Harden. I know, I know. So so that's that's part of the issue. And then Harris, I mean. Tobias Harris is not a good defensive player. He's not horrendous, but he's not good. Maxi and Harden are not good defensive players. I just I, I worry about them. Like you mentioned, um, uh, Shea Gillis Alexander and I getting through the defense. I, I worry about them against really good perimeter players. Yeah, I mean, think about the players you're going to have to beat in the postseason, right? Because this is a league of stars. I mean, do they have a guy who can guard Kevin Durant? No. They have a guy who can cover Kyrie Irving? No. They have a guy who can cover Giannis? I mean, I guess P.J. Tucker has done that. In the past, but I don't think they have anyone who can cover Tatum or Jalen Brown or even Donovan Mitchell. I mean, that's six or seven guys that you're going to have to go through if you want to win the Eastern Conference. And I can't point to anyone on the Sixers team right now and say, that guy's going to lock him down. Mitchell would be a real issue because he's such a volume 
part of their team, too. And Maxie's had success against smaller guards, but I, I think Mitchell would, would still be out of this league. Yeah, that would be actually an interesting first-round uh, series if it was the Sixers and the Cavs. That could happen, right, in the 4-5? I think that's technically what it is right now, yeah. the 4-5. That would be a good series. Uh, so I wanted to bring this up because I, I forgot about this, and then I saw someone point it out a couple weeks ago, and then obviously they played the Thunder tonight. So I think every time the Sixers' mistakes over the past five years are brought up, and there's so many of those, right? So we just kind of go through the roster mistakes they've made and how they kind of got to where they are, which is fine, but it's not great. What always gets brought up from the 2018 draft? They draft Mikel Bridges, and then they trade him, right? That's, I mean, the, what was his name? Zaire Smith? Yeah, and his career got derailed by a sesame seed? Yes. Well, I think it was more than the sesame seed. He had an allergy to sesame. Yeah, but I, I think it's funny that a sesame seed ended the guy's NBA career. Now, do you believe it was one seed? I, I, I think it, like, accidentally got... Like, you know how sometimes you get a bagel and, yeah. like, there's, like, one sesame seed on it from, like, the previous person's bagel? Yeah. I think that's what happened. So, my guess, and this is very quick aside, as someone, like, my daughter had a sesame allergy, and considering, like, you know, she was a baby when we figured it out, he was a grown six-foot-whatever man, I would guess he had to eat something more than a single seed to make it that bad. That probably makes more sense, but okay. it's a little less fun. It is, because you're afraid spoiled front. Okay. So isn't that what always gets brought up from that draft? They had Michael Bridges, who's obviously a good player, and they traded him for Zaire Smith, who had a sesame allergy, and his career was ruined. You know what never gets brought up? Do you know who the next pick in the draft was? Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Yes! They could. He was there. They could have just drafted him. He's really good. He's averaging like 30 points a game. They What have they, what have they searched for for years? There was one of the ball handler next to Ben Simmons, the actual point guard, to the point where we had to just run through hoops to get James Harden here. Like, they could have drafted him. No one ever says this. No, it never gets brought up at all. It's it's just odd. It'd be like he's a really good player that was drafted next. Not like five picks later, like, ah, oh, no yeah, one Yeah, I hate that. when people do that in the NFL draft. Like, he drafted this guy in the third round where Amon Ross St. Brown went 100 picks later. Right, no one knew. No one was doing that. No, but the next pick in the draft was Shea Gilligas Alexander. I, I just, I actually didn't even know about, or like, it didn't hit me. And then I saw someone bring it up. I was like, really? And then I'm looking at the draft now. Yeah, it was, um, it was Bridges, Gilligas Alexander, Bridges again, uh, and then Michael Porter Jr. was a couple picks later, which is also someone they could have taken. Which is who I wanted originally, because if you go back to that draft. He probably would have been a, a top three, top five pick if it wasn't for injury issues. And Sixers didn't really have room for a rookie in the rotation at that time. Mm-mm. I would have taken him and let him rehab and see if, you know, why not take a big swing the way they did with Maxi a couple years later. It's amazing. They got on the board at nine. They could have went a lot of different ways. Like they could have kept Michael Bridges. They could have taken Shea Gilligas Alexander. They could have taken Michael Porter. They could have taken Kevin Herter or Lonnie Walker were drafted later within the next 10 or so picks. They could have went a lot of ways that would have worked out. You know which way, one way that didn't? <laughs> Zaire Smith. You know how many career games he had? Two. Oh, 13. 13. Which is the seventh least in that draft class. Well, just look at the players around him. Um, I mean, not, not all of them are really good, right? Like Mo Bamba or whatever. Like the, but that draft has produced some really good players. Like Luca, great player. Trey Young. DeAndre Ayton's obviously had a nice career so far. Jaron Jackson Jr. might win a defensive player of the year, and I think they could be in the finals. The Grizzlies. That, that was a really good draft. Gilligas Alexander, Bridges, Porter Jr., I mean, you almost just throw a dart, you're going to find a, a, at least a good player, if not a star player, and they threw a dart and landed on Zaire. 
Do you think the Sixers could have packaged Ben Simmons and the 10th pick to get up and get Trey Young or Luka? Maybe. I don't know about Luka, but maybe Trey Young. Like maybe they could have been like a three-way deal and gotten that mix. It's got to five. Maybe, maybe, yeah, you, I mean, you're only jumping five spots, and Ben Simmons at that time was still thought of incredibly highly. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, I maybe I'm maybe I'm underrating how highly he was still thought of at that time. Imagine they had Luka and Joel. Nah, <laughs> now that would be that's a all right. We got Zaire Smith. Yeah, it's all right. They, they got an extra first round pick, which they traded for Tobias Harris. It all worked out. All right, fun show tonight. Back tomorrow for a football Friday. We got Tom Kelly, TK up next, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.